The following content is intended for a mature audience. If you don't know what that means, this is for grown folks. And since we're doing that, the opinions expressed are of those present for this conversation Only and those. should not be taken as the opinion of everyone black, <laughs> gay, in their 30s, or okay. any other cluster you try to put us in. Right. This is our platform. We said what we said. Exactly. Let the show begin. episode of the his and his show yeah just welcome back <laughs> how are you i'm all right how are you i'm doing good all right so i think it would probably be better to just jump straight into it um so a lot of you guys have been wanting us to talk about the whole little nasex pastor troy kind of situation yes um so we are i think initially we didn't necessarily want to talk about it because we didn't want to kind of give it steam, um, but here we go. So, what do you think? Uh, the first word that comes to mind is problematic, and it's also toxic. And it, it's, it's just, it's troubling. That, that, that's the sum it up in a nutshell, but, but what's the so, gist of it? So, like, troubling in what ways, from your perspective? Mm. I think that there, his views and the things that he's expressing that is very antiquated. It's a very antiquated way of thinking. It's a very narrow way of thinking. And until you've just got outside of your head, got outside of your household, and to see that the rest of the world does not operate that way, then it's real easy to just see that and just to feel that my way is the right way. What I'm saying goes and my, my word is the law of the land. I was, way, I was raised this way, my parents were raised that way, and their parents were raised that way, so this is why I'm saying that this is what it means to be a man. You're mm-hmm. not going to be wearing no pink, you're not going to be no mozzarella sticks, and you ain't going to be laughing, having fun at Applebee's. As if mozzarella sticks are inherently gay. Um. <laughs> if it is, well, I didn't know. It must be a part of that manual that we didn't get, excuse me, the agenda, the agenda, the agenda that, that everybody's keeping from us. Um... I mean, so, uh, so if we just go with the tweet, right? Just the tweet, not necessarily the subsequent kind of media interview. Yes. Um, where Pastor Troy um, posted a picture of Little Nas X's Grammy outfit, like him at the Grammys, with it was a pink Versace number. Yeah. Um, he's young, rich, famous, and gay, so good for you. <laughs> um, and... Pastor Troy basically said, you know, is this what you have to do to win a Grammy, wear this type of thing? And then he mentioned a commercial, uh, an Applebee's commercial, where presumably, I haven't seen the commercial anyway. No, 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 this was actual, an outing with him and his son. Oh, the outing in Applebee's and two guys were just eating mozzarella sticks? They were laughing and having fun. Oh, they were laughing and having fun and eating mozzarella sticks. 
and showing affection for one another. Ah, uh, okay. I, some for whatever reason, I thought it was a commercial. No, no, not okay. a commercial. It was real life happening. Okay. In Atlanta, Georgia. Right. Um. So. I mean, it's like I agree with you. It's problematic, and it's. I mean, it's not. Um, I mean, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not, I'm, I'm not surprised um, by people having these views still. I'm not surprised by rappers or people with platforms having these views. Um, I'm just surprised that people would still kind of say it in a way to where um, they're trying to make it like fast or uh, where people are still teaching their children this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and for me, I guess what the problem is, is that there's still such a gap in education and knowledge in terms of what being gay or lesbian means, what being bisexual means, what being trans means, uh, what being queer means, or intersex, right? right. So LGBTQI. Um, because I think if, if, I mean, a person, I mean, basically what you were saying, like if a person doesn't go outside of their own head, if they don't go outside of their own family or even what they were taught, then they don't have a reference point for even understanding other people. Right. Right. You see everything through the prism of yourself, um, which is a really immature way of looking at the world in my view. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised. It's just really problematic. I mean, I think you know, you, it's, I mean, and to be in the entertainment industry and to still kind of have that kind of hate towards people is a bit ridiculous. And to be teaching that hate to your kids, right. I think is even more problematic. Um, yeah, but like I said, I'm not surprised. No. And I second that too, that I, I'm not surprised by it. But the problem I have is when you try to attach and to say, this is the reason why I don't have this accolade, is because I'm not gay. There's so many people who are not gay, as we know. Yeah, self-identifying as being gay. Yeah, who, who are not self-identifying as being gay, and they're not out and open, who have won these same awards. So you can't say that's the reason why. Let's just take accountability and say that you have a smaller niche market that does not go outside of the southern states. South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, maybe Alabama, maybe Mississippi. But, but, but know, that's it. I, I know, but even with that, there are niche artists that are actually good at what they do and win awards. You just so happen not to be the best in your field. Mm. So don't get mad because you're not the best in your field and you don't win awards. Right. Good. Uh, that, that's a, I mean, you put point, it how point, it's, yeah, 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 like that's <laughs> it, right? Like... You mad because you not won an award, but don't nobody want to listen to your fucking music. Like, that's it. And then you get, you, you're displacing that anger on somebody else. Right. You may have your, whatever opinions in terms of the quality of Lil Nas X's music or whatever, but you can't argue for whatever reason he had the biggest song in 2019 or right. 2018 or maybe both. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So why hate? I mean, and it also, I mean, maybe this kind of sub point deserves 
a whole other video in and of itself, but um, we in the black community don't support everybody equally, right? right? So the mainstream kind of black media, mainstream black establishment, whatever you want to call it, does not support LGBTQI black people in the same way that they support heterosexual cis people. Yes. And that's it, right? So you as a black man, like you don't want to applaud Little Nas X for being a new artist, having breaking records with his single, right? Um, winning two Grammys as a new artist, you don't want to applaud that. You, can, you only see him through the prism of being gay. And for you, that's not okay. Right. And for you, I mean, for various reasons, right? So maybe that just, that's another video that we can kind of do separately talking about that. But, no, nah, you fuck out of here, Pastor Troy. Who cares? I mean, you supposed to be that popping? And my nigga, you eating out of Applebee's? Get the fuck out of here. Like, sorry. No, no, no offense to Applebee's. I'm not trying to associate Applebee's. Like, anybody that goes to Applebee's. Um... But you're supposed to be about that life. Are you supposed to be rich? You're supposed to be all this other stuff, right? So, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. But the problem that I actually... Beyond him being, in my view, whack, um, he's passing it on down to his children. Yes. Right? And I think... as a, I'm not a parent, right? So I can't necessarily comment on how people decide to choose their to choose to raise their kids, but I was a child, and just reflecting on how I was raised, um, I think it's important to give your kids a blank slate, to give your kids the opportunity to form their own opinions, their own identity. Um, you guide them, you make sure um, that they don't necessarily become a serial killer, ideally, right? <laughs> but, I do think you need to kind of treat them as a blank slate, see where they go, see how they grow, see the types of things that they're interested in, and try to foster that. I don't think that it's right for parents to, and this kind of goes into the next area of conversation, like these toxic relationships. It's not right for parents, in my view, to just be so imposing of their beliefs on their children. Yes. Right. And I'll go there with you in the sense that we shun or we look down on the child or we say that there's something wrong with you if you're questioning what a parent is telling you. Yeah, just anything, right? When, when, when the reality is, is that I'm questioning it because it doesn't make any sense to me, but what if it's, it's the thing of, you know what, when you first learn and when they have the talks about slavery in school, the little tidbit that they talked about, but when you think about the religion aspect of it, and it's, why is it okay for you, or why do you why do you co-sign or, or sign up to this, this belief that, yeah, I'm Christian, and it's okay for me to have a master, and that I have to forgive whenever somebody done wrong to me. Just I guess what I'm trying to get at, we, we take on this religion that was passed down to us by slave masters, that in the book it says that it's okay for you to be owned and to be property. And it teaches that you are wrong and 
no matter what happens if someone wrongs you, you're supposed to be forgiven and turn the other cheek. But at the same time, these same people that live by the same book, are they forgiven to you? Are they turning the other cheek? No, it, it's, and, and I know you don't want to take it there, but, but that's what I'm saying that, so as a, as a child, when I have that question and I say, why do you believe in this religion? Is it simply because your mother did it? Yeah. Was it passed down to you? And it's, how dare you question me on this? And I'm only asking to kind of, I guess, plant the seed of, have you even thought about why you believe what you believe? Yeah, I mean, I mean, yes, I, so, I mean, there, there is a thing in a lot of families, um, but if we take African-American families just as an example, um, we believe in a lot of things because our families believe in them, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it cuts across several things, so it's not just religion. Um, but I think what the kind of, what slavery did, so for us, who can trace our roots back to the transatlantic slave trade, whether it was in what we call the United States now, Latin America, the Caribbean, et cetera. Um, at a certain point, we had a tradition of not questioning that, right? Because that could actually mean life or, life or death for you, right. just questioning things. So I think for several generations, that was just the case. People did not question things until maybe you get that got to our generation or maybe my parents or maybe my grandparents generation when people just actually started to maybe critical think a little bit more and to ask themselves wait yeah i know we've been doing this for a while but why are we doing this? right right um and i think you were just using the example of religion right and then it does tie into um ideas about um homosexuality right so or being trans for that matter. I think there's more understanding now about homosexuality in terms of people who identify as gay or lesbian. And we still have a lot of ways to go with that, but we have even have, we have a lot more of a way to go when it comes to people who identify as trans, right? Because heterosexual cis people just don't understand it. There's a lot of gay and lesbian people who don't understand it, right? Yes. So I think um, we still have a lot of ways to go with that but um but if we go come back to the passatory situation or just parents kind of imposing their beliefs on their children if we take the situation of lgbtqi kids right so if you are a kid growing up in a household um and your parents your loved ones your guardians whoever they are your family members just outwardly express homosexual, I mean, uh, homophobic <laughs> kind of feelings, transphobic feelings, um, you immediately grow up with um, issues related to your own self-confidence, not just self-confidence, but your, um, you know, there's a tension between what you're starting to understand as your self-identity, mm -hmm. being gay, lesbian, trans, queer, intersex, um, and what you're being told, right? And a lot of these sorts of things can lead to self-hate, which, in a child, right, which manifests itself in a lot of different ways as an adult, 
which is really problematic. I mean, I think we we have our own experiences, which, I mean, I'm not going to kind of go into my experience right now. Maybe I'll, I'll do that in another video. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that shit is whack, basically, when you're growing up like that. I mean, luckily, um, I was able to kind of find my own confidence to find my own voice in my identity um, before it became an issue, right? Before it started to manifest itself more into self-hate. Right. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that. Um, the self-hate aspect of it? Yeah, so, I mean... I so, think that... Yeah, you don't right? have to... I think that um, it's something that a lot of us in the community deal with. And it 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 comes out in the way that we treat other people that are a part of the same community. We say, I don't want to talk to anyone or associate myself with anyone who's overly feminine. And not even overly, let's just say if you've got any feminine qualities, maybe, yeah. may, maybe it's the way that you scream when you see something or whatever, or the way that you express your excitement. And you've always been like a, a, a yeller or, or just a loud person and you see something and you, you scream or whatever, but yeah. you, have, you, you, you learn to contain that and you, you deepen your voice when you're around other men. You bring you, it down like two often. Yeah, yeah. yeah, what's up? Yeah. Oh, wait, how yeah. you doing? Like, yeah. it's, stop, be you. Yeah. Be you and, and talk. Yeah. Or you, you, you know, you won't date a guy who sits like this, right? Who crosses their legs like this. Why are you crossing your legs like a woman? That. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that I was crossing my legs the way that a woman does. I thought I was crossing my legs in a way that was comfortable for me at the moment when I crossed my legs. And so it's all of these things that I'm glad I'm at a place now in my life to where I'm able to accept all the cringy things that, that were once cringy to me. All, and, all the things that were once cringy to you, like, yeah. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, and and I'm, let me just give this out there. Whenever I speak, I'm speaking about myself my experience, and I'm not going to give a long-winded lead-up to what I'm trying to say. If you got something to say about it, and you want to challenge me, or you have a question, ask me in the comments. That's all. But um, yeah, I mean, I, th I think it is um, that kind of self-hate, that self-shame um, forces people to be DL. Yes. Right. It forces the kind of um, kind of discrimination within the gay community. So, like, like if you ever go on any of these apps, right, it's like, no this, no that, like, no femmes, no fats, no hairies, no this. I mean, nobody over the age of 25 is just like, well, you're actually only supposed to be 18 when you get on, right? So that's a right. really limited kind of right. pool of people you're looking for. Um, but the people that do say that... What, nine times out of ten, what, 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 what age range do they fall in when they say no one over this age? Are they older? Are, are they older than that age themselves? Yeah, I mean, they're usually 40 plus. There ain't nothing wrong with being 40 plus, but they're usually older, right? Um, and it, to me, whenever I see it, it's just screams of a person who's not comfortable with themselves. Yeah. Right? Um, you want possibly a younger person. Um, that you feel like you can control, right? You don't want um, 
a fully formed, mature person that's going to be able to challenge you. Or a fully formed, mature person that's going to look at you and see that you're full of shit. Right. Basically. Um, and this actually reminds me of something that we were watching yesterday. Somebody that's really popular and famous in, um, for being gay and black, um, you know, says that he doesn't generally date gay men uh, because outside of the bedroom, we he doesn't have anything about. to talk about with them. And I was just like, what? Like, for, there's no one size fits all to anybody, right? Yes. So there's definitely not one, a one size fits all kind of thing to gay men. Right, so whatever um, preconceived notions or ideas or expectations that you have in terms of somebody, a, a man who is gay, just throw those all out the window. That only means that your sexual identity, how you identify as a sexual being, is attracted to men. Yes. Right? Naturally attracted to men. Your natural attraction, sexual attraction, is to men. Yeah. Right? I mean, scientifically and psychologically, fine. It might mean other things, right? But that's not my discipline, so I'm not going to talk about that. But that's basically what it means to me, right? And once you pass that, people are just people. People are as diverse, different, and textured as anybody else. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. But even further with, with that is him saying he doesn't date gay men. But... He has sex all the time. <laughs> right, you have sex all the time. So it's, it's, and that's what I hate when people go onto these platforms that aren't, that aren't leveled with the playing field in a sense. If you're on a platform and you're speaking to a, as a gay man, and you're, you're speaking to three other people that, are all, that all identify as being heterosexual, and they are showing their ignorance in their, their little, or their lack of knowledge, about what it means to be gay, and then you say things like, "Oh, I only have sex with men. I, I, I only, I don't, I don't date gay guys. I don't sleep with gay guys. Who are you sleeping with if you're saying that you have all this gay sex?" So that that that's another layer of the Unless whole. Unless which is a whole different problem. Right? <laughs> that's the whole thing about like you know again like people that are closeted and they're forced to be DL because of the way that. Even within the community, we look at it and it's like, oh, somebody that says they're out. Oh, so if you're out, then that means that you must be like a queen. Yes. And, and I was trying to find another word, but even that word, I give it to those who are able to take that word and to take the and to give themselves power with it and to lift themselves up because you know what? You're trying to you're trying to put me down by calling me a queen. What queen do you know that doesn't have people and subjects bowing to their feet? So, yes, goddamn it, I'm going to be the best, I'm going to be the biggest queen that you know if that's what you're going to call me. But you're going to treat me with such respect. So yeah. don't think that you, like, like, you're getting over on me by saying, oh, this queen, this, no. And the younger me couldn't deal with it, couldn't understand it. But the adult, the older, more mature me I have no time and no tolerance for anyone, any man of any age that thinks that way, that identifies as being gay. Because honestly, once you get 30 and above, you too old for that bullshit. And yeah, I think it's harder for us to make friends as we get older 
because of those type of things. You just say that, you know what, this is what I'm not going to tolerate. And so all it takes is me having a drink with you at a bar or whatever, or, or you chatting me and my husband up or whatever, and you say something that's just out of the way. Okay, well, you have a good night. That's it. Yeah. You've already told me that, that you are not somebody that I care to even entertain or to get to know. I don't care. Yeah. But with these things, of, like, we, we, I feel like we talked about the long-term effects of having toxic parents, but let's back up and go to the, the immediate effects of when you have your child saying, ew, I lost my appetite, I don't want to eat here because them faggots eat mozzarella sticks and laughing. Where did he pick up this language from? Furthermore, why? 14, huh? I, I don't know. Yeah. I know that you're underage <laughs> and you're still a minor. And so, technically, this child's upbringing is your responsibility as the adult. So, the immediate thing of that is, think about how they are having to suppress anything within themselves, whether it be, I'm really good at drawing, but you know who else was also good at drawing? My gay uncle. I'm really good at dancing, and I want to take dance. But you know what? Every time I dance and my father walks in the room and he sees me dancing, stop doing all that gay shit. So now as a child, I'm thinking and I'm, I'm anyone else that I see before I even get to know this person. If I see a group of guys dancing, doing the woe or whatever it is that other kids are doing, why are you doing that? You know only gay people dance, right? And then it's who told you that? And you know kids, they're going to want to defend their parents because... Why would my mother and my father steer me in the wrong direction? Yeah. You, you've been the closest thing to me since I've been on this earth. So why would you steer me in the wrong direction? So now I'm going to defend everything that people are saying about my mom, my, my dad. And it's, but instead of looking at it and saying, you know what, maybe my parents were wrong. And I think that that's where a lot of kids kind of have that. If, if they're lucky enough to make it to the age of graduating, high school and going to college without internalizing these feelings that you've imposed on them and committing suicide. I think that that's where they really get a taste of the real world. And when you're teaching your child all this toxic ass stuff and they're carrying that around in their brain, guess what? They're going to go to school. They're going to go to college. They're going to go off and they're going to be away from your ass. And they go get into the real world, and they go meet somebody like me, somebody like him, someone that, that, that just shows them that, you know what, you're not going to disrespect me, and you're not going to talk to me in the way that you are, and you're not going to sit here and use these words that you think are supposed to belittle me. You're not going to do that. Because what happens when you've got this same child that goes to work or whatever, their first job, one of their managers happens to be gay. Oh, no, I can't work this shift. I ain't working with that sissy. Now you don't have a job anymore. Yeah. But you, you nurture that type of thing. Of, you didn't need to work there anyway. Anyway. Okay, so now they're not working, but then you're also yeah. going to be on their back the next couple of days. You just sitting around the house. Why you ain't got no job? Well, I had a job, but I quit it because of something that was really ignorant. Because I wasn't taught to actually be able to, to, to live and to navigate through a world where there are other people that aren't like me. Some of the first thing I want to do is I want to call you out your name and I want to make you not exist. I want to I want to push I want to put distance between myself and you. Mm -hmm. So 
I need to work a different shift with a different manager. We've never had any interactions and there's never been anything wrong. Let's just say that. But because I'm openly gay or whatever, like it's, I don't want to work with him. Because what if he tries this? Why is it always just that, that just, these things like, like yeah. people have to have an understanding that just like you say that you are one way and you don't like, like if, if you say that you're straight, I'm sure that there's not every female that comes past you do you find attractive. Not every male, if you're a woman, do you find attractive. So why is it that we're not given the benefit of the doubt? It's you're gay, so you're just going to have sex with anything that's walking that's a man. And I somehow have this mind control, and I'm able to turn you out. I can, I can make you be something that you're not, right? Yeah. And um, well, I can ahead, say for myself, <laughs> I've never had to trick anybody to have sex with me. Mm. So, um, <laughs> at all. But same here. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but something that I did want to say um, is that people that you might identify as femme, flamboyant, queens, trans people, people who are so much themselves and it sometimes fits outside of what society structures you and tells you to be. Um, these people are incredibly brave. Yeah. These type of people are my hero, right? Because it doesn't take much for me personally to walk outside and to fit in as a male, right? I'm a gay man that identifies as a male. Right? Um, I dress in more, quote unquote, whatever you want to say, socially acceptable male clothes. Right? Yeah. So people look at me that way. When you have people that it is themselves, it is all themselves, and they feel such conviction to be all of themselves all the time, they are some of the bravest people that you will ever meet. So I have a really big problem when those brave people are being disrespected. Okay. Um, I have a really big problem when you cannot look at people and just be compassionate, right? Like I, something that I'm embarrassed to say is that, um, and this kind of goes back into kind of shaming within the community. Like, granted, I never really shamed anybody. But, you know, you're out 21, 22, out at the bar with your friends, and you just randomly talk about people. Like, this is this kind of mean girl high school shit. Oh, look at, look at this person's shoes. Look at this person's this. Look at this person's that. And it took me, luckily, it didn't take me very long, maybe until I was like, I was still, I was in my later 20s when, I was just like, I can't do that to people anymore. Like, I just can't, I can't judge people in that way, right? Like, I, I don't know your situation, right? I don't know if you have a lot of money, if you don't have any money. I don't know if you're sleeping on the piers at night yes. and you come into the bar basically to brush your, to brush your teeth um, or just to have a drink and to have an escape and just... In a bar or a club is supposed to be a place where people can have fun. It's not supposed to be a place where you just feel judged, right? right? Um, 
so anybody who's listening, anyone who's listening, I would just appeal to that part of you and, and just to say that it's not right. Nobody likes to be judged. Nobody likes to walk down the street in a bar in any establishment and feel like all eyes are on you. Like you go into a designer store and if you're a black person, you, you, know, don't, you like. know what that feels like. You know everybody's watching you to try to see if you're going to steal a display item. That shit is whack. Right. It's just as whack when you're walking into a bar or a club trying to meet a friend or if you're going by yourself because you just want to go by yourself and you feel all eyes are on you because you might not be wearing the latest thing. You just chose not to spend your money on something that's stupid and designer and you just chose to keep it in your bank account, right? Whatever the reason is, it's whack to feel judged. So when we're talking about kind of toxic relationships, um, quite often LGBTQ people are the victims or the survivors of toxic relationships that are being imposed on us. But sometimes we are also toxic in the way that we treat people. Um, and, and that shit is wrong. And that goes um, with, yeah. that, that goes with what I was saying um, of, of you taking what someone else has imposed on you and you're now interning and you're internalizing that but you're also putting it out into the world to the next person that you meet that's yeah let's say let's say that you are them or let's say that you are transitioning and because you you've gotten further along and so you may be passable now or, or or things of that nature and you take and you want to shade the person that just started. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that boy on a dress over there. Do you not remember what it was like when you first started and how you had to wait until you, you softened up and, and, and all these things? But yeah, it, it goes with the, the same thing of saying that you don't want to talk to somebody that, that's fat. You don't want to talk to somebody that's thin. It's usually the people that were fat at some point or they probably still are. And it's just... No, I, I, I don't like myself when I look in the mirror. So now I'm, like, it's just, it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible to be fat and to fat shame. It's horrible to be skinny and to skinny shame. It's horrible to just do any type of shaming to anyone for something that they cannot change with just a snap of the finger. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many of us that have tried to do things to fit in. So we forgot about the fact that we weren't made to fit in. We were meant to stand out. And it's not about you when other people feel a level of uncomfortable. Unco- uncomfortability. I, <laughs> I but um, another, uh, another question I, I have is, and I guess this is for like the, the people, our, our viewers, is who, who made you feel less than? And what did they do? To make you feel like you were less than a person, and I want to go further, and we can talk about this. But it's how how close is your circle? How well do the people in your support system really know you? If you have to hide from them and give excuses as to why you are a thirty-something or a forty-something man or woman without a partner without a wife or a husband. Yeah. And just 
it's kind of like like when people say or when parents say that for the ones that that have been i guess a part of their child's life and their coming out experience it's like oh i knew i was just waiting for you to tell me but it makes me wonder like do you think that your 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 friends and your family these people that you love so much do you think that they don't know and that maybe this is just a way of them trying to get you to hey just be comfortable, comfortable yeah just be comfortable to tell me because something that you don't want to do as well is just like with a person that stutters you don't want to finish their sentences you want to let them work that out so that they can feel comfortable speaking you don't want to put that on someone and say you know you can come out and tell me that you're gay right whoa i didn't think that i was i just happened to like wearing fitted jeans and i really like my hair because bitch i got flowing locks like it's just whatever like and that's another layer of it too that there are plenty oh, of yeah. men who identify as heterosexual but they are effeminate yeah and so so you don't want to make someone feel as though that basically I'm just saying you can't make that assumption for someone but as the person that's getting asked these questions do you not understand that they probably already know they're just trying to get you to open up and talk to them yeah what's your take on that you know i mean i'll probably do a whole separate video on my <laughs> kind of coming out journey it wasn't that long of a journey but it it was a bit of that it was me knowing who i was around 16 17 right like full, like by the time I was 16 17 I I figured out like fine I was gay. Um, but it took me a while to kind of get comfortable enough to tell even another person, right? And after I told some of my closest friends, they were just saying, "Well, yeah, we figured and we were just wondering why you didn't feel comfortable enough to tell us." Um and for me, it was just I wasn't comfortable with it myself yet, right? Because I was taught one thing and then I kind of had all of these expectations about what I wanted my life to be, and my life was supposed to look one way, right? So I had to figure out for myself if I could still get the type of life that I wanted being gay. But anyway, that'll be a whole other video. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree with, you know, what you said. I think it's, um, it's, it, it, it's so layered, right? And it's so complex. And I think some of you will probably, um, like if you have other dimensions of this conversation that we're not touching on right now, um, leave a comment, let us know, like reach out. We'd be happy um, to talk about it. Leave a voicemail. We'll like put the voicemail on the podcast. Um, and, you know, because this is clearly an important issue for us. And I think it's an important issue for a lot of people, and we'd be happy to um, engage with you all on it. Um, but one thing, I guess, before um, we kind of get off of the topic of toxic relationships and um, just toxic things in your life, um, it, we talked about some of the more immediate and some of the long-term manifestations of it, right? And the kind of self-shame and the self-hate. Um, and you mentioned it, but I do want to talk about it a little bit more, is that there are really high suicide rates in our community. Yeah. Right? Um, which is a problem. 
um, I don't think uh, some of us we some of some people, especially some advocates, talk about it a lot. Um, but it's an ongoing conversation, right? And it's so unfortunate because quite often it's um, kids, right, who don't feel safe and who don't feel protected, um, feeling as though suicide is their only way out. And they don't, they may not have things or people that they can see, that they can identify with, right? Or they might not feel like they have a way out of their current situation. Um, and I guess for all of us with a voice, for all of us um, that can try, we owe it to the kids to at least try um, to share our own stories um, and to let people know who are going through like a pretty difficult time um, that there can be light at the end of the tunnel, right? It's not always easy. Um, but just because you might not feel loved right now, does it first doesn't mean that nobody loves you. Um, and it doesn't mean that you cannot find really fulfilling mutual love, right? And I say mutual because one-sided love can, is also a whole different issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I did just want to raise that because it's something we wanted to mention and I didn't want to close out the video without mentioning it because it is really important. I'm glad you brought it up because it was something else that I, it goes into another thing I wanted to say um, because we are talking about the the way that little Nas X won his award made someone else who's less than feel. Um, for people that feel like why, like, like why do we have to turn on the TV all the time and I keep seeing someone that's gay? You keep trying to shove this down my throat. And my answer to that is we've been here, we've been existing. And just like black people wanted to be seen on TV, just like Asians wanted to be seen in TV and in films, we just want our story to be told just as well. Yeah. And I don't understand why me existing is such a problem for you. That's the question that I need for those people to think about. And you can answer, yeah. or you could just, it, it, but it's really just to plant a seed into your mind so you have an understanding that just like you're able to exist freely, why do I have to cover up or hide a part of who I am to make you feel comfortable? Yeah. Because I can tell you as a gay man, any type of PDA makes me feel uncomfortable. But I also know that that's my issue because of the type of love that I received growing up and what I saw. So if I didn't see it in my own household, it made me feel a way to see it from other people just out and about. And it's like, yo, you're just standing in line at McDonald's to place an order. Place your freaking order. Get your tongue out of her mouth. Like, can't you just order? But yeah, I mean, that's also inconvenient for the rest of the people in line. Right. Yeah, it, it is inconvenient <laughs> for that. But it's just that, that thing of, and then those that feel as though that we are trying to hijack the civil rights movement, which I need people to actually do their own research and to find out that, like you said, a lot of your heroes and the people that, that are in, on the front lines, they're advocates and they are a part of the community. And yeah. they were the ones that, you know what, they got tired of being 
well, let's just say for, for lack of better or, or anything else, they got tired of being spit on and having rocks thrown at them. At some point, you're going to say, you know what? You keep throwing these rocks and you see that I have not disappeared. You keep spitting on me, you see I ain't went away. So now it's time for me to start doing some spitting and some throwing some rocks too, but I need you to understand that I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And that's just that. It, it's, you tired of seeing us? Stop turning on your TV. Like, like they say, every time I turn around, it's a new, well, stop turning around. Just do that. Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, no, I mean, just to completely agree with you, I think um, representation matters, right? Representation matters um, in really public ways to where you can see it on TV. Representation matters in not-so-public ways, um, boardrooms, right? People who make decisions that might not be on TV, but make decisions on important things on how we live our lives, right? Um, so it matters across the board. And for anybody who is actually questioning, you know, why every time I turn on the TV, TV I got to see somebody trans, somebody gay, somebody lesbian, somebody this, somebody that, somebody Asian, somebody black, somebody... Because in my view, it's a good thing that society realized for a really long time we only saw one image. Yeah. But that didn't make up what the world looked like or even what the country looked like. So now it's an effort to actually put things out there that are reflective of what the country actually looks like. And to me, that's not a bad thing. And if you are a person who's threatened by that, then unfortunately you're threatened by the reality that you live in. Right? Granted, on your, your street or your town might look one way, but the country or the state or the city that you live in isn't that, right? And your story is not more valuable than anybody else's story. All of our stories matter, and all of us want to be seen, heard, and reflected, right? In the things that we buy, and and the things that we consume, like in terms of TV and stuff. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that. And another thing, since it is Black History Month, um, and to your point. LGBTQI people, we are not hijacking the civil rights movement. If anything, we made that shit right. Okay? <laughs> if we were, LGBTQI people were on the front lines, getting beat, getting, like, water hose, being, like, bit by dogs, just the same as everybody else, right? We are black, too. Yeah. Right? Um, in the Stonewall movement... Like, do your research again. It was us, too. It was trans people, right? It wasn't the rich gay white man that TV wants to lead you to believe, right? Yeah. It was people that were most marginalized, that had the least to lose. Yeah. That were on the front lines of that. And that's all I want to say. All right, well, yeah. one more thing I'll say to that is... Um, To go with what you said about representation matters. It does matter a lot because I wasn't the best student in school. I didn't pay attention to a lot of shit because I also understood the way that schooling went. It was something that you had to go, you had to do, and I wish that I paid attention, but I'm also fortunate to be one of those people that today, as an adult, if there's something I want to know, I don't, I'm not asking anybody else. I look that shit up. I have a, I have a computer in my damn pocket. 
That's literally what your phone is. And if you're not using it for your own benefit to know the things that you want to know, then you're doing a disservice to yourself. But with the representation and, and the thing, I remember meeting the first person that I learned was Dominican. And I had no idea what the Dominican Republic was. I didn't even know what a Dominican was. I just knew that his name was Miguel, and I wondered why was he such a tall Mexican. <laughs> All right. Well, Saying this yeah. by, by, based on if you go by what you see on TV, and at that time, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we had white families, we were just now starting to get black families, but who was the help? Yeah. So, so it was, you had these three groups of people. So, yes, representation does matter because there's probably some kid that's not paying attention in class, but can tell you the latest new song that's been out. They can tell you whose music video was this. They can tell you what's going on on whatever TV show because somehow they found something that, 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 that captures their attention. Yeah. And so I think that to have, like a Degrassi or whatever, you have a student in a wheelchair. You didn't think about those type of things. I didn't think about it growing up or whatever of like, you know what? There's no wheelchair ramp in this school. How would someone that, say for instance, if you're playing the, the, the school sport and you break your leg and so you're just supposed to be on crutches now and you got to try to figure out your way to get through here or whatever, but all yeah. these things that were like, it wasn't inclusive. It wasn't made to be an environment of if, you, if your child has a disability, we're going to make sure that they can come to class just like everybody else. Yeah. And so it's just something just as simple as that, of, of a wheelchair ramp yeah. in a school, and, and knowing that, you know, you're seeing a TV show where the character was in a wheelchair. That's not something that you always see. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. something that you saw growing up or whatever, but when you saw that, it's like, oh, good, okay. And it's those type of things and that type of awareness and that type of representation that stops the crazy and inappropriate stares that people get. And as an adult, with any child that you have in your immediate grasp, if you catch them doing that, explain to them. Or even you could just ask, why are you looking at them like that? What questions do you have? Yeah. To kind of, you know, and not in like a nasty way or whatever, but just you want to make sure that it's a welcoming environment because Again, you could be shattering that child's dreams and all the things that they want to be doing later on in life all because of your closed mind. So mm -hmm. if you've got an artist, just because your child is strong does not mean that they're going to be gay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's just... Yeah. I mean, Sorry. No. no, I agree. It just, yeah, I, it, it's also difficult um, at this point in my life to... Um, I guess remember that those kinds of things still happen with his family, um, yeah. because for me it's fairly obvious that there is just because somebody has an affinity for drawing or the art doesn't make them one thing or the other. It just makes them an artist, right? That's right. It. <laughs> uh, but maybe that's just me. But anyway, unless you have anything else to say, I think we're going to close it out here. But we would be really interested to hear your thoughts on this episode. Um, and like I said before, if you have um, perspectives or ideas that we didn't bring up in this episode, let us know. Um, leave comments um, or send us a voicemail. What's the number? 347-499-5959. All right. 
And that's a U.S. number? That's so, a U.S. Yeah. number. <laughs> All right. So thank you again for joining us for another episode of The Haze and His Show. I'm Rob. I'm CJ. Deuces.